I'm Colby Spencer, and this is Vantropolis. This is Vantropolis, a podcast about the happenings, the goings-on, and the general day-to-day life and antics of the underslept masses working in Vancouver's film industry. I'm no expert. I'm just nosy. And if you are too, let's do this. We could debate for hours on who's behind the creation of snow, wind, rain, and fire on planet Earth, and get into the realms of science, religion, and folklore doing so. But in the film industry, it's none other than Kurt Jackson. If you want to make it rain in film, you call Kurt. You also call him if you want to light things on fire, have them explode, or just take down your average criminal, fictional of course, in a hail of bullets, bombs, and gunfire. Kurt Jackson is in special effects, also affectionately known as SFX or just effects, which is basically the business of illusion in film. Kurt brings words like zap, boom, crash, and thud to life, with safety always being paramount. He's carved out an illustrious career in special effects, working on films like The Sixth Day, Inception, Interstellar, and most recently, multiple seasons as effects set supervisor on the CW television show Supergirl. We've got interstellar stories, we've got Inception stories, we've even got Kevin Smith stories. We even have a story about Kurt's previous life as a sushi chef. Say that five times fast. Enjoy. Kurt, hi. Hi. Welcome to my podcast. Excellent. I'm Kurt Jackson, and <laughs> I, too, am addicted to movies. Are you addicted to movies? I'm addicted Working to in movies. them or watching them? Uh, everything. Everything. How do you think I got into it? That's true. Well, some people hate movies, and they still work in film. Well, you know, then maybe they shouldn't be in film. That's true. I'm glad you still have the wonder, and I, I can't wait to share all of that oh, wonder. if that goes away, stop what you're doing. So Kurt works in special effects, and I'm super excited to have you here today. I've never had anyone in special effects. And I, like I was saying to you before we started, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about visual effects and special effects and kind of where, where those roles are. Um, so I want to get into that with you. Okay, so... What's the difference between what I do as in mechanical? That's what I call it, mechanical effects. Yes. Versus visual effects. Visual effects is like green screen and CG monsters and everything CG. Things that, uh, what what does an effects guy do on set? He, he moves stuff that doesn't have an actor moving it. So if you see something thrown across the room, it's usually us. So also... We there's so many things that an effects person does. Okay, it's, we're gonna get into that. Yes, we're gonna get into all that. But just to back it up, I want to talk about this library because you and I are in a very small room. I've just met you. Yes. So far, so good. But we are the Vancouver Public Library, and obviously, I know you listened to Tony's episode where he talks about Supergirl yes. and the flooding. And but I you, was here for that too. But you've and told me you've seen other floodings in this I library. I was here on the sixth day. The film, the sixth day. The sixth with day. Arnold Schwarzenegger. With Schwarzenegger, and that was uh, was that. 2000, we said? 2000, I think. Yeah. So tell me about that. That's a. That was another floody, and it was very similar. I wasn't as as involved in that one as I was with the Supergirl one, because actually the Supergirl one, strangely enough, we had wrapped, and we had come back for some reason and looked in, and it looked like it was raining inside. It wasn't raining that And you were like, I didn't do this. I was like, wait a minute. What's I'm going good. On? I'm not and this good. It was pouring inside. 
and amazing. Like biblical rain, Tony said. Biblical rain. People were running out of there. And, it was uh, on Twitter. It was on the news. Oh, I'm sure there was an arc in the corner. So oh. six day, what would, just like quickly, what was that like in the, the library? Because it's was famous. Sa- it was the same deal. It was the same deal. We had we had been shooting in there. We had had we had smoke. We had uh, we had a lot of atmosphere in there. And I think like I wasn't like I said, I wasn't as close to that one as I was the Supergirl one. But it was a bit of like a, a revisit when it you was saw a, on Supergirl. It was like this oh, poor wait, library. Is it, am I having deja vu? What's going on here? <laughs> is it me? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I caused it. Oh, God. So I'm excited excited to get into all the shows you've worked on. Now, just to kick it off, and I know you weren't expecting this, you are infamous on set for wearing a different T-shirt every day. I am the T-shirt guy. Like literally one every year, a different shirt, right? I have a super strange story about that. Tell me. So, yes, I I pride myself on having over 100 different T-shirts with really stupid sayings on them. And basically, I'm looking for a laugh a day. I get a laugh a day. Easy. What are easy. you wearing today? Because you have another, today I'm you have wearing, another I'm, on top. I'm in my, I'm in my uh, secret identity. Okay. Like, I'm wearing glasses, so you don't know who I am. You <laughs> Kurt, know that Kurt has a shirt on top of a shirt, so I can't yes. see. There is, n- yes. On my days off, I, I, I disguise myself by not wearing a T-shirt with Incognito. a Yeah, I'm very, yes. Nice. So, yeah. I, I, so I, I love strictly, that, though. It's strictly for work. It strictly is, I have a work wardrobe. Well, you're infamous for it. Like, yeah. all people on set know that know Kurt that. Jackson wears T-shirts I, and a different one every day. I, that's the first I've heard of You're it. bigger than you know. What? And that's, <laughs> that gets to the story, which is amazing, because we were, I was shooting on Supergirl. And l- let, me, let me back it up a bit. There, on, on Supergirl is an actor by the name of McCod Brooks. And he he noticed the shirts as well. Everybody notices their shirts. And at some point, you start reading me like a newspaper every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> you come to count on it. look for me. I got to read your shirt today. So he noticed, and he started taking a picture and hashtagging it. What? So, yeah. So he on his Instagram, he'd hashtag a picture of me wearing my T-shirt. And he'd hashtag, I think it's hashtag Kurt's shirts. And- if you know me, I'm I'm not really on social media. No, you so. were hard to you were hard to like crack online to find some background. Much more of my secret identity. Don't don't come looking for me, people. No, I, I live in a cave. You can't. I can't find you. There's no. a famous like landscape. I wear artist online with your name. Yes, he came up a lot. Yep, you have never elusive. met him. I like to be elusive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he'd hashtag the shirt, and and then it started collecting. Anyways, so that brings us to I was shooting downtown with Supergirl. And I was offset, and I was walking to the truck, and I saw this younger girl, and she was she was like staring at me, and she came over, and I said, "Hey, how's it going? I'm 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 pretty open with the pub- public as well. I'll say hi, and you know." And so this girl comes over, and she goes, "Oh my God, you're Kurt Jackson!" And I was like, "How does she know me? This is really strange." And she goes, "I I follow all of Supergirl stuff." And you're on McCod's Instagram. Oh my gosh, that's amazing, and Kurt. Yeah, it blew me away. Like I, I was like, how? How is this? Po-? I'm not on social media. Well, the show is getting so big too, and the fandom. I mean, look at Super Supernatural as There's well. A lot of fans. And Supergirl's now what season five? Season five, and it's yeah. just getting bigger and bigger. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, you and I, I we're dangerous together. Danger. This will be a long episode if I don't I like keep danger. us in check, Kurt. Danger's my third middle name. <laughs> 
So I want to talk about how you started in film. I always love to kick off these podcasts because I'm so curious about the journey, how you started and how you found this role because it's a very unique role on set. It is. Um, and because I can't creep you online, I really need to just <laughs> ask you here on the fly. So tell me how you started. Where did you grow up? Where were you born? I was born in Vancouver and I was brought up in New Westin Burnaby. That's oh, where nice. I was. Yeah, New Westminster and That's Burnaby. where I live. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so I, I grew up all around there. Uh, through elementary as well as high school, and the I guess the I guess I got the bug when I went to England with my family, and my I had an older cousin Alvin who worked with the BBC. Oh and, yeah, yeah. So he was like a camera operator there, and so while I was there, I think I I'm gonna guess I was between eight and ten. And we we made a Super 8 film in black and white. And it was G.I. Joe's and it was stop motion. And the cool thing about it was I had to wait forever because with Super 8 film, you got to send it in. It's got to be developed. Then they got to send it back. And then, of course, that was when I was visiting England, my cousin in England. And so I came back to Canada and he had sent it to me like months later. So all of a sudden I get this film that we had done in England months ago. And I get to see it. And that was the tangible thing for me. That was me. the magic. That was the magic. And then what was amazing was my dad had a Super 8 camera. Oh, man. So now I'm buying film and I, I was playing with animation, but I quickly went into, as like animation was more like elementary and moving up. And as I got older, I got into more live action. So I was more into hack and slash. I was into horror films. So... I grab my friends and it'd always be the same killer and it'd always be the same person he kills, except we change his clothes. Of course, he's different if he's wearing different clothes, <laughs> but we kill the same guy every time and you're not supposed to notice that. Anyway, so lots of Super 8 films and that kind of perked my interest into making films. I, I made a couple films for school, which kind of bombed. A French Everybody's film. first film's bomb. That's right? kind of part of it. And, and that, and you hopefully you learn from it. Exactly. Right? But yeah, so went on from there to really want to get into prosthetic makeup. Oh, cool! I wanted to do monsters. I wanted to do gore effects. I wanted to like make corpses and all that, all that really cool stuff. So I really studied that. And as it turned out, I uh, I was just really trying to get my foot in the door here. And that was early, early, late 80s, early 90s. I had graduated in 87. So I'd say around 89, I was kind of pursuing it, trying to look, how am I going to get into film? And and what was the industry like here then? And it was kind of really closed. And that's yes. the thing. Like I banged on a lot of doors. I got a lot of, I, I actually, my brother-in-law, who wasn't my brother-in-law at the time. He was just dating my sister. He had a good, good friend that was in the industry who st who actually I still work with. I just worked with him on Friday. Can we say who it is? It's Mike Legree. Hi, Mike. <laughs> anyway, Mike Legree, who's been in, he too is an icon. He's like, he's been in it forever. Let's drag him in here. Yes, maybe he will. But Mike Legree, a grip, like stellar guy. Anyways, he had told me, just keep trying. You just got to keep. Get Tenacity, right? Horse and keep trying. Yeah. Just get out there. And back then, again, you you weren't looking online. There's no, no such thing. There wasn't. There was actually there was uh, Real West Digest, which is oh, still I remember out, right? Real West. Yes. Right. It's kind of R E E L. Everyone. That's right. R E E L. So Real West Digest, and I I basically exhausted that. 
and didn't really know where I, how to. It was how. very elusive, right? It was hard. It a was, little bit elite and kind of hidden. Right. And then there was always, when you applied to the union, they asked for all the stuff that you have to know. And they asked for experience. Well, how do you get experience? You can't get experience no, that's unless true. you work. Right? And, and it's not the same work, as like doing stuff with your own camera. Like no. now it's, you can make movies on iPhones. Right. Right. You have to have access to the gear right. and the lights and the mics. And, and the learning. I yeah. think that's key. Yeah. And the learning. Like, just because you get in doesn't mean you know how Absolutely. to do what you're doing, right? Yeah. So it was really difficult. And at the time, too, uh, my sister was going to McGill for music. So I researched that Ryerson had a really good film program, and so did Concordia. And that was where my sister was, so I could have a place to stay. Nice. So I... Sold all my stuff, grabbed my girlfriend, said, hey, I'm moving to Montreal. You can come with me or not, but I'm going. Sold all our stuff, and she actually came with me. Nice. And we moved to Montreal, and then I tried to get in there, and I couldn't get in there either. No. So, So once again, uh, working at the time, I was a sushi chef. Did you need to know French? I did. I did need to know French, and I didn't know French. Kurt, what did you do? Well, I don't know how many people in sushi restaurants know French either. Is what? that a horrible, like, second language. blanket Hello. statement? We're Canadians. I know, I know barely any French. So I learned. I learned. Wow, good for you. I went I, through, uh, I was on EI, and through them I was able to take an intensive course and say that I needed it to work. And wow, like, and unemployment insurance. And everybody right. thinks that there's a perfect example of where it's used for amazingness. Right. To really help you. And I needed it. Right. We, as, as a matter of fact, we moved to a French part of town because we were living in this total English part of town. You didn't need French. Right. Right. So we moved to a place. It was Pinot and Vieux. And it was right by the big O, and it was super French. You you couldn't get by if you didn't know French. Good so for you, though. It was the— it was. Are you still fluent? Le- you lose it. Yeah. So I, I practice when I can. But you I probably really, can understand it quite easily. I can understand, and I can—after a little bit, I can, I start remembering. Yeah, you got to kind of be in you it. You're right. Practice. It's like a bike. You really got to practice. So that was difficult, just the language barrier. And as it turned out, there's a magazine there, much like Real West, called Qui Fait Quoi means who does what in French, right? So so then I start going through that. And now I'm looking at... En français. In French, yes. That's it. That's the translation, just in case you <laughs> didn't know. We're here to serve you. <laughs> yes, we're going to teach you things. Um, so, yeah, so that was... It. Now I'm trying to learn the language as well as work in this town. And I don't know how films work. So... As it turns out, I and we're sorry, were you willing to do anything, or were you I still trying to, to focus on one craft? I was trying to really just get my just foot get in the door in. and then move around right. within. That was my big plan. So, looking at the all the effect shops, I ended up walking into the last place on my list, and it was Cinefix. And I, I, I think I, I stammered in French, uh, "Je m'appelle Kurt" or something, and they were like, "Oh, can you speak English?" <laughs> And we, I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I can't believe it. You speak English. and that This magic place. It was magical, yes. And when I walked in, I really honestly thought there'd be, like, body parts hanging from the seat, like, drying body parts and, like, you know, all these monsters. But it's it was much like just a shop. Well, that's funny. And, and that's, like, and that's why you're here today, too, is I yeah. want to get into all that because there is a bit of a facade of what we think that world is, right? right? And you clearly felt that as and well. We, and actually, they showed that facade with, in a show called Effects. Yes, I it remember a, that show. And, and that was so hokey and so funny because it, at the time, I was in Effects and going, 
nobody's nobody no. shops like that. Right. right. You know what I mean? It's like they never copy the real way of any no, of those things. Exactly. Like hospitals, right? courtrooms. But the amazing thing was the guy there, Ryle Cosgrove, he I had no resume. I had basically a whole bunch of cooking. That's I was that was it. I was a sushi chef and that was it. I had a whole bunch of that. And that's I amazing you were a sushi 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 chef. Sh- sushi. Okay, that's not sushi an easy one. Chef. <laughs> How much shaki have you had? <laughs> Sushi chef. Yes. Yes. And that, um, once again, that goes to work. That, that's related to work in that I, I think I have criteria. I have to have fun. I have to learn. And basically that's about it. But if I don't have both of those things, I move on. Yeah. And when I had got to, I worked at Tojo's here in town. Wow. It's touted Elite. as one of the top Japanese restaurants. But where do you go from there? Hi, Tojo. <laughs> where do you go from there? You open it's true. your own restaurant? Yes. Do you go to Japan and work with the best sushi chef in Japan? What do you do? Or, That's a very specialized job. It's it not is. like you worked at the bookstore. Right? And and here's another weird, here's a weird uh, resemblance to like being a, a special effects person and vis effects because that, that always gets mixed up. As a sushi chef, you always get mixed up as a tepanyaki guy, the guy that flips oh, the right. knives around. So they're always like, oh, you must have a lot of cuts on your hands. It's two, no, di- two different things. So I, I've picked some jobs that- Need clarification. Once again, is elusive, which works into my secret identity. You're born. You're born alias. Stop looking for me. Stop trying to find <laughs> Okay, back to, back to Montreal. So you're in Montreal. Yes. And I'm in Montreal, and I'm you trying walk into to this get place. In you're trying to, yeah. I'm actually, yeah. And I walk in cold, and he, and if I remember, he just slid a piece of paper and said, "Name, address, hobbies," and basically that's it. And I wrote down, you know, I like to play guitar, and you he know, was looking. He was looking for killing people on there. <laughs> yeah, there's something. Who knows? Maybe I was limb uh, experience. Yeah, I was an ex bomb guy. I don't know. Anyways, did you but, get it? I, he he called me and it started super slow. So he said, "Here's the f- if I remember correctly, he said, here's the number to our buyer, Robert Langshaw, and he is gonna he's gonna pick up anything you need to get this done. And what we want you to do is build a miniature house, and that's all. You didn't even know what it was for. Well, I knew it was for a film, okay. and it was a French film called Methuselah, and they were doing a miniature shot." Which I had no idea really what that was, only that they were going to pay me. They were going to pay me. <laughs> Done. I think 10 bucks an hour. And I was working during the day and I'd come home and I'd stay up really late working on these, this house. And they, I think they gave me something like, something like a week to do it. And I did it in three days because I was just stoked to be. Well, and these on. are the stories I love to hear because it's not, you don't just go to school and walk out and no. walk onto a no. set. No, exactly. That's been the thread through all of these is it right? takes blood, sweat, and tears. It does. And and it's- You got to want it. What's weird too is it's the opposite too. Because that's something I wanted to do and I really chased. And then you talk to people that were like, you know, I was just kind of between jobs and my friend asked me to come out. You're right. That's now, true too. And now I'm a director. That's true. <laughs> there's the I mean? accidental and there's yeah, the- and, and there's a lot of those stories too. Yeah. But you, you'll find the guys that really want to get in often- take a long time to get in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it and it was like that for me. I, I didn't know, like I was nowhere near a set when I was doing that. I'm working out of my house and like- And you don't, and you don't necessarily see the end game no, in that, right? You know, I, I 
pass it out the door. It goes in a van and it drives away. And that's the last I ever saw of it. But you had a little faith. Right? And, and, and you loved it to your point, right? brought me the next gig from this from Ryle. And he, for a film called Brain Scan with Eddie Furlong, you may remember it, there was a, he said, there's a fight scene in it and they're fighting with scissors. I need you to make me some scissors that are safe for them to swing around. Did you have a clue how to do that? I had no clue. But I had an idea. And no internet still? Like, I don't want to oh, age you, but oh, like, no even internet. at me, there wasn't no. internet I, to learn that stuff. I don't get stuff. back to that. Because like, that's really interesting about when I started. Um, actually, I'll just touch on that lately. Right now, everything's like phones. Phones and ev- your camera's on your phone, your computer's on your phone. Everything's on your phone. Back then... Like, you would take continuity photos, photos that you would take of the set to make sure everything was in place for every shot. Because if you didn't, things would bounce around when you cut it together. That's what continuity is. But you would take your continuity shots today with your phone, right? And you'd have them all in a file folder. Well, back then we had this big ring of Polaroids. And you'd flip through these Polaroids and they'd all be labeled like scene two, blah, blah, blah. This is the shirt they were wearing. And you'd flip through there and that was all you had. If you didn't take that picture at that time, you were pretty screwed. (laughs) Right? And they were like, well, did the lapel fall to the left or the right? Well, I don't have that picture. So then you guess, right? And that's when you see kind of weird, quirky stuff happening on. You see it even now. You see it now. Which is shocking to me. Yeah. Right? With all the iPhones and everything else. Like, I still see, you know, someone holding a glass. And then the next time they're like, it's on the table. And that's that's You're underslept. I get it. That's another job on the set. That's continuity. We'll have to get one of those people in. But now that I've said that, they'll be like, screw you, Colby. We're not coming on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just talk about the movies that it's all correct in. There you go. There you go. So, so you yeah. worked on this Ed Furlong film. He's actually comes up in another episode uh, with Craig Wenman, a screenwriter, and they had a bit of a party down in California. So, That's right. Yeah. That, that one will come up before this one, so it'll make sense. But. Right. So, and, and as it turns out, I was working at a, it was kind of funny, I was a sushi chef at a French pastry uh, cappuccino art bar. That's a lot of things in one it business. It had a lot of, bi- and it had three owners. It's a lot of revenue streams. And one of them was a pastry chef, and one was a French chef, and one was just a all-around good guy that ran the place. So I learned so much there cooking-wise. But I had gone there saying, look, I'm going to work for you. I, I, I'd love to work for you, but I have to tell you, if I get any kind of job in film, I am out of here. It might be a phone call. Right. But just so you know, I don't want to lead you astray. And they were so appreciative of that. So when I did get the call from Ryle to come work for him full time. And that was the amazing call. I was jumping for joy at the, of and course. it was called Le Panier. That was it. There's your plug. It's probably <laughs> still there. It's on Mount Royal. Let's hope so. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, I was jumping up and down. They were happy for me. And that's probably the last time I, I saw that place. Cause like right. I walked out of there and started my film career. So and back was, to the scissors. I, I yeah. want to know how you made these scissors. Cause that's I a ma- big thing. I made scissors out of balsa wood. I made scissors out of cardboard. I made scissors out of tin foil, and I made scissors out of paper. Yeah, because people don't realize like you're not using real scissors for no. a lot. It's too dangerous. But it has to look like it. Yeah. That's the thing. That's another well, and that's a fine line between props and what we do. Properties does everything that I guess you would say. Is that what prop has. stands for? Properties. Properties. I had no clue. Yeah, and, that's amazing. Uh, 
I if didn't know talk, that. If when I call on the radio, I call them properly, properties. Good for you. Everybody calls them props. Yeah. I like to call them. I, I just never knew that was the long form of it. Yeah. That's properties. So the, all the properties of the actor. Right. Watches, anything really attached to the actor or that they have in their hand. If they're carrying a newspaper, props. If the newspaper's on the table, set deck. Interesting. Right? It's Unless like a, they it's, touch it. It's then very it's finite props, in film. Right? It's very, Unless like, they launch it on fire across the room, then it's me. Right. And what about if it's a weapon, like scissors, for example? Then it's stunts and it's and it's me, too. Right. right? So... There's there's fine lines everywhere in film, and yeah. you just gotta. Talk well, we're gonna about unveil it. a lot of the of special effects. So, yes. so I want to I want to see how you got out west, though. So so then I I start working there full time, and I work on a film called Rainbow, and that's and it was directed by Bob Hoskins, and uh, it was the it actor, was the actor from like Mermaid and yes, Jessica yes. was the uh, was the Jessica Rabbit film. Yes, that that he seems Bob like Hoskins. a lovely gent. He is very lovely. Yes, very, very, very nice man. Yeah. And uh, what was important about that film was that was, I think, the first digital film ever oh. made. And it was really weird because everything then was, you'd you'd check the gate for a hair, and it was all filmed. Tell people what checking the gate is. So the gate is on a camera. And I'm not a cameraman, so don't quote me on all this stuff. This is layman's turn, this is camera. Layman's turn. 669, so, take it easy. Yeah, the gate is... Uh, Basically, the window that the camera shoots through, and if there's a hair in it, then it wrecks the shot, basically, and you got to do it over. So that's what they talk about checking the gate. Or may that could mean many things. Maybe you didn't get the footage. Maybe you rolled out, you know, all kinds of things. So they check to make sure that everything's good all clear. before they move on. And at that time, it was all film. So you'd have minutes. As opposed to digital. As, as opposed to digital. Which is they, most now, right? Unless right. you're making a specific choice to use film. Exactly. And actually, it's it's more efficient because you're basically just working with a chip. Switch the For chip. For digital. Yeah. 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 Right? But and there's an art to film, and a lot of directors purposely exactly, choose it now, right? right? Yeah. And there, and that's so true. And it'll always be like it's like an auteur choice now. Right. I'm going to shoot on film. Yes. Yes, and then and convert it to digital. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> Ironically, yes. So back then you would be able to go for a cigarette, go to the bathroom while they changed the film. Get Literally some downtime, physical. yeah. They take the mag off, which is what houses the film, off the camera. They literally put it in this miniature tent that looks like it's for a, a cat or something. And then they change the film blind because you can't have any light. Right, so this is going on, and then they bring out the new mag. If they're if they're ahead of the game, they got them all ready, and they just plunk on a new one, and we and we continue. It reminds me of those like projectors you used to watch films on in school, right? Yeah, right? yeah where yeah. they load it up, and, and if it go, didn't work, everybody would sit there and wait while or, like, she tried or to like. There'd be a beep, and yeah. you have to advance the film. Yes, beep, <laughs> advance the film to frame three. And we're not even that old. That's no. how quickly things have changed. Super fast, right? Actually, you could probably find that here in the Vancouver Public Library. You probably could. Another place. Somewhere with some dust on it. Yeah. Some old National no, Geographic washed polar by, bear films. Everything's been washed by the flooding here. So <laughs> don't worry. There's no <laughs> dust on anything here. So clean. We make yeah. sure at one season, every show comes and cleans this place they out. They clean it out, and they add another section to Noah's Ark. <laughs> so there's more books on it. But so <sighs> that was, uh, where was I? You were, uh, I want to know how you came west. You are working with Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. And what was pointing about that was... That it was digital. It was the first. Right. Thing. And so everything was umbilical by by cables. So the camera had this big cable running off of it, and it'd run all the way to this big truck. And in it, if you know, 
If you know TV or you've seen TV on TV, then you know there's like a switcher room where they all sit around and they say, okay, switch it between this camera and that camera. Room. The control room. Well, that they had a rolling one of those, which was unheard of back in 94, 95. So this was like state of the art. Wow. And I got to look in there. And Rainbow. It was like, oh, yeah. Look it up. I, what I, was it about? It was about this boy and they see this rainbow and somehow they break it and and all the color comes oh, out of the world. Oh, okay. It's kind of like a reverse. That's interesting. It's like a reverse Wizard of Oz. Yeah, okay. Right? They actually go to Kansas. Really? <laughs> so, I'm going to check it out. There you go. If you can f- And to yeah, know that it's, it's like was first first digital, right? I actually tried to buy it. Yeah. And you can't buy it. Oh. It's not Just on Just call DVD. Bob. Hey, Bob. Yeah, I never did get that film. Remember me, the guy with the T-shirts? Remember? Remember? Oh, that was pre-T-shirts. Yeah, fair enough. That was my, uh, yeah. Anyways, so it was, uh, yeah, it was state-of-the-art. So that was really cool. And so that was way before where we're at now. Like, they didn't have CG. This like, what got me into film was The Thing. If The original The Thing. With yeah, Kurt the film. Russell, that was all, like, prosthetic makeup effects. Some of the best old films are How like cool low that, tech. Though? Very the low guy's tech. Head came off on it and then grew legs, crawled away without CG. I almost feel like so, in some it's ways like it's amazing. it's a more valuable experience that way, right? Which brings I don't want to say it gets lazy. Can I jump ahead to a film called I guess so. Oh please. <laughs> Go ahead. It's called Slither. And it was directed by James Gunn, who had just finished, I think he had just rewrote uh Dawn of the Dead, the new one. So he directed this film, and oh my gosh, that was to this day, I think that's my favorite film to have worked on because they had gone back and they had done prosthetic makeup for Michael Rooker. It was like ah, he was in this makeup, he couldn't even talk. He had these teeth there, and then the first AD somehow had a translator in his brain because he'd say, Hey, go get some more water for him, he's thirsty. But it was like, like. He was this Michael Rooker is a trooper. If you he always plays the bad guy yeah. and you hate him. Yeah. And he is You love to hate him. The coolest guy. I've worked I've worked with him. I worked with him on Sixth Day. I love I to hear I love on, to hear good stories about Slitter, actors, and right? He is the opposite of his character. That's amazing. He is a great guy. Yeah. So So good. But yeah, that film, amazing. Like we used CG in it. Yeah, there was CG, but it was it was married to the to the physical. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of it was a perfect mix. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not leaning too and heavily. It, and it had that feel because if you know the background of James Gunn, it's trauma films. It's uh, the Toxic Avenger. It's Tromeo and Juliet. These are all like cult favorites, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so. To work with him, I grew up on that stuff. That's what I went to the video store. Kids, a video. Oh man, video is stores a, like a cassette. Oh, you don't know what a what cassette a magical is, place the video right? the video store was. And and it was a magical place because everybody was there. there. You yeah, it's you a different. It's like a library, right? Right. It's a bit of a lost art, I would say. But you don't see that. No. Nobody knows what that is. I mean, the footprint of driving to right? a thing and physically bought. You know. Right. But the the like sociological observations and experiences in there of dates going to get them or right? mom and dad with kids. It was an outing. It was an it outing. It was a total outing. Yeah. Maybe you didn't get dressed up. 
Maybe you did. I remember once my, my mom took my brother and I to Roger's video. It was like a Friday night at like 9.30. You were in like suits and ties. Totally, and... no. Sweatpants. <laughs> but my, my dad was like appalled that we were leaving the house that late. He's like, you're going to the video store right now? We're like, Dad, it's 9.30. Like, he just couldn't believe that we would leave to go get a video that late. That's but that's, when... that's all you had. It was like Friday night and right? couldn't and drive. so good. You know? So good. Oh, man. Okay, oh, so you're in Montreal. I mean, you did jump back and forth. This is a bit of a yeah. time machine. So let's go back to Montreal. I remember it well. Let's go back to Montreal. Everybody. It was very French there. There was a lot of people speaking French at times. Were you thinking you were going to stay there? I was thinking. I didn't know because here's the thing. Um, I had my first daughter there, so she was oh, born wow. there. With the girlfriend? With the girlfriend okay. there, who I'm not with still. But, but you're still the father. I'm still the father. <laughs> that that doesn't go away. No. 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 Hi, Natasha. That's my daughter. Aw. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, so, so Natasha was born there, and uh, shortly after, my mother passed away. Oh, So no. I, I basically— That'll bring you home. It was a shocker, because she was super young. She was like, uh, I think she was in her mid-50s. Yeah, that's young. That's super young. So— and it was a shock. I was. I, I remember being it was in the and literally packed up our apartment in that day. Mm-hmm. Left the key with the neighbors and said, "There's movers coming tomorrow. Can you give them this key?" And then jumped on a plane and left to Vancouver. To Vancouver to be with my father. Yeah. So yeah, and then that's what brought me back here, and that started this other weird thing that I didn't expect because. Everything's unionized. So over in Montreal, I was part of STCVQ, which is a French union for film workers. Well, I didn't know that when I came back here, I'd have to try and get into IATSE. Well, how many years? So how many years were you in Montreal? I was, More or less. I was probably there for four to five years. Okay. So I, I had some I had some film work under my belt, but I was by no means like learned in it. Right. right. I was still learning. Yeah. A lot. You're always learning. You're always learning. And that's, once again, the key to why I do what I do. Because yeah. I don't think changing. I can ever learn everything about effects. It's always being innovated. It's always Okay, I can't growing. wait to get into it. Okay, so oh, we're in, anyway. we don't want to spend too long on this journey. I get I end up feeling like Oprah because I get deep into the right. life. And then I'm like, Colby, this is a film podcast. Don't forget about the film stuff. Right. And I know there is film stuff, but I the human part of it really, really so, gets me. So that's... so. I'll make it. I'll, I'll shorten it up. So I come back and I can't get in the. I can't get in the union. So I'm back at square one. How do I get in? And now you're father. And now I'm a father. And now I got to do something. And so that does change the game. It does change the game. I go back to school. Wow. Okay. I went back to Vancouver Film School. Okay. The infamous VFS the comes infamous up a lot VFS, on here. Which is another weird story. I'm just going to throw out there that Kevin Smith graduated. I think from yes. VFS the year before me. Oh wow! I think that's the time. And how it. ironic that he then came and directed some right? Supergirl episodes. And is like one of my favorites. He is a gem. He's, I don't hear a bad thing so about that man. Many story- Can I get into a story later? Yes, absolutely. We won't forget because I, I love all the Ke- bring me all the Kevin Smith stories. Yes, I love Kevin Smith. I love you, Kevin. Anyway, so I come back. I can't get in, and I am bummed. So I go back to school, and I get through this. What did you take? I took film foundation. So I took everything. The basics. The basics. I took a bit of everything. Expensive, right? Expensive. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's like a paycheck now. I'm it's, just kidding. No. <laughs> but it's a lot. That's a big hit. It's a big hit. Yeah. And so, but you know what? I learned. I learned a lot of stuff. Well, you needed to do something. Right? And yeah. I And it kept me super busy. Yeah. And then I got basically just a day call. 
that and so a day call if you don't know what a day call is is you you're part of the union you're on this list of all these people that aren't working that are looking to work and suddenly the show needs an extra person so they phone for a day call and they phone the union and they say we need a day call and they call the rand the next person in line and it's like Price is you. Right. It's Price is Right. So you go up in your chicken suit and you're cheering and jumping up and down. And then you go get to stand in the dark in a gravel lot. I know, right? And maybe get a coffee if you're lucky. And right. often it's very like nefarious. Right? It's like go to this gravel lot. Right. That's stand how- on the corner and you're like, I have no clue. What, right. Is a meteor going to hit me? Is a Who car, knows? a limo full of men coming? Like right. what? <laughs> what am I doing here? It, and they're like, and shut up, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All you have to know is when we say rap, run. No. <laughs> so so then you get this day call. And so I got a day call to work on a show called Firestorm. Okay. I didn't even have a vehicle. So I had to have my dad drive me. <laughs> dad, dad, can you drive me to my first job? How old are you? I'm like in my mid-20s. Okay, that's not bad. I just come back from I still Montreal. lived at home, Kurt. Okay. Jesus. So I, I don't want to put anybody down. Especially no, I'm you. telling you that you, you were doing all right. <laughs> I was doing okay. I had a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I was in my mid-20s. Young dad. Jesus. And I, was, and I had no car, and my dad was driving me to work. He was probably excited to do it. He didn't make my lunch. No. I, I see that look you're getting. Did he know what you were, did he know what film was? Was he like, what the hell? He, and that's the cool thing. He didn't. So he's just, okay, jump in the car. Here we go. And we go driving. And here's the funniest thing is... I was in film for four years, so I kind of know what everybody kind of did because I was observing the whole four years. Yeah. So we we pull in to a gas station because we're actually lost, and I see this truck full of trees pull up, and I go, that is greens. Follow that truck. Now, if you know what greens is, the greens people put trees or bushes or they put flower, flower beds outside the window. Yeah, people forget that's not so, all just there. Right. They have to dress that stuff in. A lot of the time it's fake. Maybe there's even concrete underneath the grass that they're sitting on for their picnic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. We live in a fake world in film. Totally. Oh, did I just wreck it? Sorry. Don't don't let people know it's not real. Okay, it's it's real. It's real. Don't tell them. Shh. Oh God. Okay, so (laughs) so the greens guy pulls in to fill up gas, luckily for me, and I go, you wouldn't happen to be working on Firestone. Oh yeah, I'm working on Can we follow you? So we follow him into the, and that's how I get to my first day call job. I don't even know how I'm getting home. And we're in the middle of Maple Ridge in the sticks. You're probably so excited though. But I am super, I'll walk home. Yeah. You know? Just on a high. Firestorm high. Exactly. And I show up and uh, it's the weird, the weird connection is that a week prior to that, you may, if you know the film, Someone passed away on it the oh, week no. before I started, and it was a, uh, it was a parachutist, oh, and they no. were doing a stunt, and he passed away. I don't know very much about it. All I know is that I come in a week later, yeah. and that's kind of the mood. Yeah. So I was just there for a day, and I was basically just gonna dig holes or whatever. But as it turns out, fortunately for me, they saw the little coal that could be pressed into a diamond (laughs) because the British crew that was doing that film um, saw that I I could take orders, right? So next thing, it's the end of the day and they're like, hey, why don't you stay for the week? 
week turns into why don't you stay the show and then that turns into why don't you rap with us amazing which i'm like oh i'm relieved i've got some work but then the end of the show comes and now you're, you're looking, only as good as your last you're show you're only good as your last day that's true so good you, point if you screw up on your last yeah, day yeah nothing's guaranteed you just don't get called back the next day you might as well just go serve fries no yeah. i'm just kidding always get up dust your knees off and get on that horse keep trying anyways so I'm I'm literally bag packed, which is my set bag with all my gear in it, rain gear and stuff like that, tools. And I'm walking out of the shop and I see a friend of mine, Todd. And Todd's working on a show. And I go, hey, here's my resume, because I had a resume at that point. Uh, if you're looking for any, and he goes, show up tomorrow. Again. Again. Place, time. Timing. These friends. film these film call days are like drug deals, right? Right. You just, meet you just show up at a time, and, and you meet someone, and you and you think you know, you you don't think much of it until you see them again, and then you realize you're going to see them a lot. Mm-hmm. I I just I'm working in the same shop with Todd. Connections, right? He works on on Flash. Amazing. Yes. So we still have that connect. Hi, Todd. <laughs> I'm just plugged. You know everybody. Here. I seem to know a lot of people. I hear this. So he says, come to work with me on Sentinel. And I go to work on Sentinel for till that show ends. Yeah. And here we are like 25 years later. That's amazing. Like it, it hasn't stopped. So how did you hone what you were doing? Because when you obviously came back here, like you said, you were just trying to get anything. Right. How did you start fine-tuning into the career you have now? Well, that's the weird thing is, remember, I wanted to be in prosthetics. Right. I didn't want to do this mechanical stuff. But, yeah. hey, you know what? While I'm here, this is really cool. So do you want to – because – why is it cool? Because of the different things we do. Yeah. So let's curve touch balls. on that. Yeah. Here's a curveball. So what? how about what – like to me, what is the training you need for that? Because some of that is very – I don't want to say scientific, There's but a- you're dealing with – like explosions and chemical right. reactions right. on the, you know, dramatic side. Right. Um, like well, not anybody can do that. And and there's – you don't just blow stuff up. And no. you don't just do that because here's the That's trick. That's the misconception. Here's the trick to all of that. You're an illusionist. Right. You're making it look so dangerous that how can that guy possibly right. be there? Yeah. And yet he's he's the superhero walking away from the explosion. That never looks back. Oh, a, we joked about that yesterday, right? me and somebody, that yeah, yeah, nobody ever looks, like heroes don't look back at the there's explosions. A, actually, have you seen the YouTube? It's Lonely there's Island, a, right? There's a YouTube video. I think it's Lonely video, Island group. And they sing it. Yeah. And it's so funny because they don't. They don't look no. back. Only the cool, well, some of the- Heroes leaders. don't look back Heroes don't look back, let's say. Amazing. But there's that, there's a saying to, in effects, that, that I always say is the best effect is the effect that you don't know. Right. When you look out the window and it's snowing and you believe it's snowing, but it's not because we've made it snow, we've accomplished what we're doing. But if you look out and you kind of see off the set and you can see that it's fake. Or fluffy or like fluffy. Once you're taken out of a film mentally, you're out of it, right? So and on that, to- on that note, I would say HD to me has ruined some of that stuff. Right? Yeah. It's ruined it. It has. It's and I what- will never, I'm sorry, I went to my parents the other night and watched some stuff and I was like, I feel like I'm sitting on set. This is not enough of a— It's super flat, I would say. It's almost like— That illusion's They always say there's a difference between soap operas and film. Agreed. And there is because it's the lighting. It's the flat lighting. Yes. And soap operas were all done on video. Yeah. Whereas films were always done on film. Yeah. But now 
everything's kind of done. It's all caught up, right? and it's, it's real time, right? Up. So you're seeing what is exactly shot, basically, without a lapse but in the recording. Like we always say, film. Yeah. Film is the medium that everybody wants to shoot in, but now it's gone to gotten to be so expensive. Yeah. Right? And it's way more effective to use a chip that you can record thousands and thousands of hours on. More is better. Yeah. Rewind it, and we'll just tape over it. I know. <laughs> Not as magical somehow. No. Exactly. Okay, so so what, when did you start working? Because you've worked on some big films, so I want to get into that too, because I feel like we could talk forever. You know, you've worked on Interstellar. I've worked, yes. Right? Tell me about that. And that was in effects. Special yes. effects, which special we should effects. say. It's not visual effects, not everybody. Visual effects. It's special effects. It's it's actual stuff that happens on set physically. Yes. That's special effects. And it's not like, just Whereas, to be clear, it's not just gunfire, bombs. Right. It is those things, but it's also- It's also Atmospheric weather. smoke. It's all it's weather, weather effects. Yeah. If you see a storm, it's a bunch of guys with a bunch of fans blowing rain- and you have the these big, for people that don't know, for like rainy rain nights, there's yep. rain towers. There's rain towers. Like there's these- rain truss where we lift it up on a crane and it'll cover blocks. Okay, I have a like question for you. Blocks. And I, I told Tony I was going to ask you this last night. Why is rain so intense on these things? It's Some of it is so extreme. And coming from Vancouver, we've seen like 90 different kinds of rain. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, they're in the car and the windshield, like going 100 miles an hour, the windshield wipers. And I'm like, this rain is too much. It, it, it's People just get like, overkill or there's what? There's a weird thing called filmic reality. Yeah. Like when you get shot, the bullet doesn't come out of you. Right. But you always see that. And when, when you see it on TV, that guy got shot. So they're like going for but broke. But it's the opposite. They're it's, giving her. If you think about it. So it's the same. If you, don't, if you just see, you may not read the rain. If it's light. Right. Right? I so, guess as a Vancouverite, you read all rain. Right. And and that's the- <laughs> We're rain pros The, the here. kicker is, back in the day, we all- I was just laughing about this the other day. Every show used to go to the GVRD, the Greater Vancouver Regional District, and shoot there. And Which was, is basically like a city forest. It's a giant right? forest. On the mountain. And you're in mud, and you've got to grab all your gear and, and drag it out to the middle of a forest. Yeah. Was that where, as an aside, and I feel like you might know this, De Niro made this little rain cover thing. Robert De Niro was in town, and this PA was, like, standing in the pouring rain. I don't know if it was that or Mount Seymour. Mm-hmm. And they would drive by every day, and he's like, what is this kid doing? And they're like, well, he's he's the PA. He's got to, like, secure cars going in and out. And he's like, can we not make him, like, a cover or something? Right. And they were like, well, no. So he, like, gave some money, and I think there's, like, a cover there, and they call it, like, the De Niro. The De Niro, um... PA fund? Yeah, and it's like a little shelter. <laughs> I've never heard of that, oh. but that's, that sounds amazing. Well, somebody needs to I let me know so. if it's still there because he literally like threw up some cash and was like, and that let's been, give this poor bastard some shelter. That would have been, what show did he do here? He did Insomnia, wasn't it? That was Pacino. Oh, was, no. was it De Niro on that? Was that? I can't remember. Well, and also then he made that, anyway, another Anyways. story with De Niro, that restaurant in Yaletown, and he made yeah. them take away the name De Niro's, and <laughs> so he's he's got two sides that yeah. man, but yeah, I'm going to find out about that shelter thing. Yes. Anyway, so, I've totally interrupted you. GVRD. GVRD, and so if you know it, it's like a rainforest, so whenever you're there, it's going to rain. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Murphy's Law. Guaranteed. Whether you want to or not, it's going to rain, and what do we do as effects guys? We bring rain towers. To your raining set. <laughs> and why do we do that? Why do you do that? In case the rain stops. Because right. we want you to be miserable. Yeah. The entire night. Ensuring rain. So if the rain stops, we want to be able to rain on your parade. Do you get a little bit of joy in that? <laughs> no. Raining on prick actors? Well, sometimes. The odd one, you turn it up higher, you're just like, you know what? You're, Actually, there's you're a, high maintenance today. I'm going to give away something. So 
actually half of you plug your ears because I don't want everybody to know because then <laughs> it'll give it away and it won't be as funny. But we have hoses that run up to these towers and so they don't completely empty. So if you see someone walking under this tower and you jump on that hose, oh, man. guess who gets wet? That's a the, good little inside right? tip. I so, like it. Okay, you can unplug your ears if you can hear this. Yeah. The half of you that didn't listen to Don't me. do that, people, if yeah. you're worried about your job. If it's a day call, don't do that. And if you see me snickering in the corner, I did it to yeah, you. Yeah, Kurt did it. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so obviously effects are all those things. So I want to So Interstellar. I want to talk about Interstellar because that is a huge film. Interstellar was a lot of fun to work on. There was uh, And you're in Calgary for that. We're in Calgary and we dusted out Fort McMurray. Really? With with and it was What do you mean dusted out? We well, there was that big dust they had the blight and the dust storm in Interstellar. Remember? Oh yes, yes, sorry. Right? And they go I to town and they have to put on color. Right. Well, oh, while you dusted it out. While Got they're it. driving down the street. We're in a flat deck beside him with two giant Ritter fans. Now, these Ritter fans are like, you know those boats on the bayou? Yes. With the big With the big fan in the I back. I don't know why I'm talking like this. But well, you're yeah, staying well, in character you know, for the scene. Try and be an old prospector maybe. I don't know. Anyway, so they're as big as that, and they, they blow. They blow. And from the other side, they suck. But, yeah, they're— Literally. And so— we had those, and then we had what's called a Krendel machine. And usually, you use this Krendel machine. What it is, a Krendel machine basically, and this is part of the job too, is snow dressing. So a Krendel machine will fluff up and wet a product that looks like snow and comes out of a tube, and you basically hog it out on the floor, and then it looks like snow, right? Mm-hmm. But it's usually used for insulation. So when you see that fluffy insulation stuck to a wall in a warehouse— that's what that machine There was snow is. there. So instead of putting snow through the thing, we put movie dust. And it's bags and bags of – and that's the thing. When we do stuff like that, we always have to back it up with what's called an MSDS, which is a material safety data sheet. So you have to know what you're blowing in the air, that it's not a carcinogen. Absolutely. not killing your crew because they're your friends too, right? Yeah. And they have to have access to that too. So we – we're blowing movie dust and hogging it out of these Krendel machines, which was blowing it in front of these fans. And just, we we had masks on, goggles. You couldn't see past your hand, but you were just shoveling this stuff into the hopper of this. You're definitely checking thing. the gate on that one. Oh, oh, <laughs> for sure. And just driving beside this truck and just pounding it with sand. Well, it's like sand. Do you it's feel like a sand. kid when you're doing that stuff? Oh. Are you like pinch me? I'm kind of, I'm always like that. Yeah. But that's me. <laughs> it, have you ever been starstruck on set? I have. Have I been? I don't think I have. I'm I'm like, when I worked at Tojo's too. Hi again, Tojo. There was a lot of famous people that that's came true. there. That's true. Yeah. That's and, a big, very high-end sushi. And I had to shut them down, some of them. Shut like, them down? How? Like cut them off? Well, they come in and they, you know who I am. I should be served first. Well, I'm sorry, sir, but this gentleman was here before you, oh, and I'm going to take care of him, but let me get you a drink meantime. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't blow him off, but no. there is a pecking order. And, Absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna uphold that Good as a Good for you. Chef, Good for you. Right? And I'd had to do that a couple times. Plus, you have a knife. And you know what? They appreciate that. They kind of do. Actually, one of them actually met, said, you know, I was really rude. Wow, that's And amazing. I was like, you're awesome. Yeah. And he got back. A little dose of reality. Right? 
And sometimes they need that little slap in the yeah. face. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I always <laughs> ask about actors because that's what people always ask me. Like, what is it like working with actors? And my brother was on and he's like, they're just people. They are. You know? Right. They're nice. They're bitchy. Some are grumpy. Some are creepy. Right. Some have super bad, like, family issues and they're screaming on their cell phone in between takes. That's like what film is. Film is a village. Yeah. You got your wardrobe people. You got your makeup people. You got your construction people that build stuff. You got the people that capture it on film. They're the camera people. Right? So we're a little city. Yeah, and I feel like that, that facade kind of comes down day to day on set. It does. Right? What about Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes? So you worked on more than one. I worked on the first one when it came to town, and uh, that was a lot of fun. That was we, – we had built a giant copy of the Golden Gate Bridge. Was that the one in San Fran? I can't keep – I think – yeah, the Golden yeah, Gate Bridge is in San Fran. So we – that whole ending sequence of the first one where they charge the bridge and they push over the bus – that was all done here on a on a huge – and that was the thing. It was really – I think it was innovative back then, but they put up green screen walls that were inflated, and they were like three stories high. So they, they like encompassed this bridge set that was actual size. We were driving tanks on it. Wow. Like, well, you saw the – if you saw the show, you saw at the end they had tanks on it. They had all kinds of cars – and once again, there's that marriage between mechanical effects and vis effects because mechanically we were pulling down the cars when the apes jumped on them. Like to and physically show them to moving. To show the car being pulled to the ground from the weight of the apes. And then vis effects was putting in the apes on jumping on it. Right. So it's a team right? effort. So it's like a, a marriage. It's a team effort. And without one or the other, you kind of don't have any. Yeah. Right. So. And in those cases, it isn't a clear line, right? right. It's very yeah. codependent. And that's where all the meetings and talks and everything goes to, right? And how much prep are you doing for like a crazy stunt, let's say? Something that's like, what, describe to me something that was like the really complicated that you worked on. We, the first big explosion I did was in Montreal on a show called Screamers. And we had blown up a bunker. And I... That was my first real big one. And my boss, thank you, Ryle, for letting me press the button on that. Let me press wow. the button. Wow. And it the was button. amazing. And it, and you know what? We had, that's the first real introduction to debt cord. And we, and debt cord, if you, if you don't know what that is, it's basically rope dynamite. It comes on a, a spool, right? And it, it's like rope. You can tie it around things and it will cut. Like if I spooled it out from here to Nova Scotia and set it off, you can only set it off with concussion with like a, a cap, blasting cap. But when you, you set it off, and I don't know the exact, but milliseconds later, it goes off in Nova Scotia. Wow. It's that fast and that it's, they bring down buildings with it. Right. But now that's the big stuff. So it goes all the way down to smaller stuff. So yeah, we, we, we used debt cord in, and they had these big, huge, fake, um, like gas chamber things. And we're, it was on a different planet. It was in, so it was on Sirius B or whatever in the show. So it had these, these fuel containers. And we had like all this debt cord in them. And I remember this vividly because I, I, I snickered because the guy came out and he had a box with the T handle on it. And you and thought it was he, cliche, right? Uh, like, is it this was, real? Th it was totally Roadrunner. 
Like, yeah. it is full-on Roadrunner, uh, minus him pouring out some seed in front of it. Or on the handle, I should say. So, he comes out with this box with the T handle on it, and he's going to set off the deck cord at the same time as I press the buttons. Oh, my gosh. For the, so, I'm setting off fire explosion that's fire because deck cord doesn't really have a lot of fire it's got a flash to it but not a lot of fire right you got to add that visually right and so that's gas bags and diesel and you are using and like i was going to ask about fuel like what are you using it's not propane it's- no it's it's liquid gas and diesel usually you do a mix like a 30 you know 30 70 mix or whatever you want to mix because like diesel tend to be more red Okay. And gas is more orange. And that's very scientific. Yeah. Like, how are you and learning so, that stuff? You know, like, that's, that's the thing. How am I learning that stuff? Trial and error with the guys that have been doing this. Right. So once Almost again, like apprenticing a little bit. I, apprenticing all the way. Like, mm-hmm. like, now, like, back then, I was taught how to wrap uh, a lifter. What's People, a lifter? A lifter is a bomb. I'm not supposed to call it a bomb. Oh, fair enough. They might actually, I think they're yeah, not at the door. We're in a soundproof booth, okay. so that's good. Okay. As long I as they say, don't arrest This me. poor library's been through enough. <laughs> yeah, right. I brought water <laughs> in case it catches fire. He brought a massive, I just want to say, he brought a massive, like, I don't know. It's three liters. Three liters of just water. Just in case we catch fire. And I here. joked, I'm it's like, how hot. much water do you drink? He's like, no, no, it's it's in case there's a fire. <laughs> it's like, always be prepared, right? <laughs> always so be sweet. prepared. Always carry three liters of water around. Unless you're really thirsty. So, where was I? Just explosions. Just talking about, like, the different kinds of gas and learning, right? So, he literally, we go to set this off, and I hear on the radio, because they're counting it down, and I'm going to press the button on go. And it's three, two, one, go. And the guy lifts the T-bar on the box on two, and when he pushes it down, I remember this distinctly, it went... Zing! Boom! Whoa. And my hair, what little I had, was blown right back. I was like, we were like, I don't know, half a kilometer away, and my hair was blown back. And I I just had my hands on the buttons and just saucer eyes. Right. And saw this place vaporize. And you and like on those things, you can kind of only do it once. Is that right or no? Yeah. Like you can't F it up. Well, let's talk about... uh, Inception. Okay, go for it. Inception, we I we had the the last if You worked you see, on Inception? Yes. The Leo like decap yeah, what? Yeah. So the la here here's the part that we did. Amazing. So the last part of the show, they go to the last place, which is the winter. That yes. was done in Calgary. I so did not know that. So that was done on Fortress Mountain. I didn't know that. And they had built a replica of that whole well, no, they built that building there so they could shoot there. That whole sequence where he's going to open up the the last vault and then they get that shot. That was such a good every, film. It's oh my gosh. so, so good. It's what so an good. incredible Nolan film. is just, oh, he's, he's a god. And yes, and another Nolan film. And yeah. Like incredible. Yeah. Like, and he is super. Anyways, I can go on and so on. So what, 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 tell me a little so, bit about Inception. That's like so a ringer. Inception. I didn't know about this. Yeah. So we This is not this. on your IMDb, Kurt Jackson. Oh, well... Maybe I'm keeping it as a secret. Anyways, um, so they built this whole building there, and uh, and I and we knew that we were gonna blow it up at the end. So they came and and for months I'm drilling holes in that place so that they can pass deck cord through and and set it all off, right? So, yeah. But for months nobody's there because we're just prepping. Right. And then the shooting t- team comes, and I think it was I'm gonna guess maybe it was two or three weeks of shooting there. 
And then they shot out all that stuff where he takes out all the guards and then they have that that moment. And I think some of it was in studio, but it was like an exact replica. But poignant to what we did was we were blowing that building up. And that is like big stakes. Big stakes. So the uh, Chris Corbold, hi. Hi, Chris. Um, Top-notch effects man. Like does Bond films and all the all the all the big stuff. I'm a name dropper. Owner. No, I love it. Let's Anyways, give kudos so to. Kudos it's like all about teamwork, man. It is, and and, and mentorship, and right? right, getting breaks, and and so we wire this place. But as it turns out, stuff happens. Okay, um, and sometimes stuff doesn't go the way you want it to. Absolutely. So. I'm on a snowmobile and I'm at the bottom of the hill and I'm looking up at the building that's going to blow up. And I'm with a few people down below. And there's another team halfway up and there's another team at the top that's actually setting it off. And we hear on the radio, three, two, one, boop, boop. And it starts to go, boop, boop, boop. And then it stops. Oh, nightmare. Now, when it doesn't go all the way, that's like probably the freakiest thing for an effects guy. Because, because you don't know if the rest is going to go, well, right? You, don't you can't know go in. If it's going to go... Delayed. Is it delayed? Like, what went wrong? So, very learned man, Tom Blacklock, who was uh, part of that wiring, went in and uh, checked it out and, and sorted it out and figured out what it was. So then we go again. Oh. And we go, three, two, one, boom, 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 and it stops again. This is like inception, like this is like inception for the blow up. Right. You're going into these levels of redoing it. Right. So, <laughs> so the irony. now we're all freaked. Oh, now geez. we're like, I'd be, oh have, my I'd gosh. be shitting my pants. So, like, now, without saying too much, we we can't go any further. Right. And, and our team is bummed. Of course. Just bummed that we took months setting this up, and and so we're invited to this dinner by Chris Corbel who's like our boss. And we all show up and everybody's got long faces. That night, you mean, kind of thing. At night, that yeah. night. And we're all kind of bummed out. And he shows up with like, I think it was champagne. And he's like, hey! And he is so happy. And we're, we're like, hey, like we're all bummed out. Like it didn't go. He goes, what are you talking about? Apparently, now I'm, I'm pretty sure this happened. They already had a $2 million miniature of the building that they were blowing up. And so when they built this to shoot in, the smart boss that we had said, why don't we blow it up at the end and get some bigger pieces that we can cut in with all the other stuff? And that's what we did. Oh, that's so so did, it was, that's, it was you know, like a happy ending. It was a happy ending in the end. and and But it, it's like... Things can go wrong. Absolutely. Right? And and safety is paramount. And safety for me, especially. That's one of the riskiest departments, super, I would super, say. Like stunts, of course. Yes. But special effects, you know. Yes. And and once again, I, I go back to the illusion of danger. True. In that you're you're putting people in it that aren't even close to it. Right. So you can do that trickily with long lenses. Because that, what happens is that stacks, as they say, it makes people look closer than they are to what it is. Right. Right. And it, it's an optical illusion. So, yeah, it's the whole smoke and mirrors thing. That's amazing, right. though. I love those stories. Yeah. Here's a here's a weird one. Here's a here's a. So, what else do I do? 
we do fire, we do smoke, we do wind. But on apes, War for the Planet of the Apes, which never made the cut, they had this whole funeral scene where the dead apes that were in the in the fight, they were sending them off in these pyres. So we had to make these What's nests. a pyre? So like, like a Viking pyre. Okay. So like they die, they put them on this. Basically, it was a wooden nest. Okay. So these wooden nests had to have sparks coming off of them, and they had to burn for a while. But with wood, it burns away. So that's the trick with film. When you see a fireplace... There's ceramic logs in it because if it changes, yeah, right. continuity again, right? right. It's going to look different. It's going to pop. It's going to seem weird. So it always has to look the same. Same with these pyres, right? So how did we do them? We made, we have flame bars on set, which is basically a pipe with a bunch of slots cut in it. And we, we put propane through it and light it on fire. And that's how you get like foreground flames in front of cameras and stuff safely, right? Right. Right? So we made flame bars that were shaped like branches and we bent them into a, oh, a nest. Oh, cool. So the nest itself was steel, but it was burned. Guaranteed and to keep burning consistently. Consistently genius. and never change, right? That's genius. I love this stuff. And so once again, you we worked on that for weeks, if not over a month, never made the film. I know, right? Right? So That's that, the crushing part of so much of film. You, you might do something a, and toil and toil, right? and they, it just and goes on. And I want to say the cutting room floor, but in digital, it's just like erased. Yeah. Yeah. It's right? just they bring the magnet over and they erase it. But you never know that, so you got to go for broke on everything. Go for broke, right? always, always. And that's the thing. Like you, You'll see the difference between f- like working on a feature and working on a series is like a series – you're knocking off pages of the script. Yeah. You may do 10 Tony was saying that. It's so fast-paced compared to a feature. Right? And then on a feature, you may only do one-eighth of a page. Yeah. And the joke is, like, oh, we're, oh, we're only doing one-eighth of a page. We'll be done by lunch. But the one-eighth reads, Napoleon's army comes over the region yeah, dawn. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's one-eighth of a page, but— And as soon as you say we'll be done by lunch, you're there till you're oh, there you're for there, 17 you're hours. You're there forever. You've just, like, like you hoaxed just, yourself. You may as well have just shot yourself in the foot. So speaking of series, let's talk about Supergirl because you've been on it for, like, Supergirl. three years. And now you're kind of like a supervisor— well, not yes. kind of like you are. Yeah. So let's talk about that because that is like such a beloved show in Vancouver. Season five it. now, right? We love the show. Yeah. And Tony, my husband, works on it with awesome. you. That's how I mind you. And Tony is super awesome. He's pretty great. I hug him whenever I can. He runs. He's a hugger me. too. He is a what? hugger. He runs for me. What? Okay, Tony, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you have to hug him every day now. Okay. Force Hear yourself. That, Tony? Yeah. Hear that? Watch out, no Dirk. Watch no out. Kurt's riding. coming for you. <laughs> so yeah, Supergirl. Like Supergirl you know, season has five. A super crew and a super cast, and I can't say enough about that group. How's the show changed from season two till now? Like, obviously it's full of all kinds of crazy stunts. I did stunts my research and, yeah. and I watched season one Yeah, that was done in LA and oh my gosh, it was a test in uh, I think they were trying to put narcolepsy onto airwaves because it was <laughs> They, well, Supergirl, if you if you know Supergirl now, she's in the D she works out of the DEO. It's a high tech in season one, she worked out of a cave. Well, and like, I find two shows don't get their footing in the beginning. That poor season one that for a lot of things. Like, why was she in a cave with all this technology and they're like like they're they've they figured it out yet. technology and they're living in a cave from Star Trek the original. Right. Right? So quite a change now. It it was quite a change. Yeah. And I will say also, 
And kudos to you, Larry Tang, <laughs> who came and directed the episode Thule and pretty much changed the look of the show, I think, personally. Yeah. Because um, it became feature-like at that point, I found. Yeah. Yeah. So... So some of the stuff you've worked on for like, you know, what what are some notable stunts or some big, you know, there's so much, so many action sequences and stuff in that. On Supergirl? Yeah, there's tons. It's funny. There's, we did a lot more season two, three. We put a lot of people through glass. Now, when I say that, like you see someone get thrown through a window and you just think they just get thrown at a window and they smash the window. Nope. We do that. We break the window. Oh, how? What do you mean? So we wire the window with explosives. Oh. And we break the window. And it's sugar glass, right? No. Oh, it's not sugar glass it's anymore? It's tempered glass. So it's changed. If it's if it's sugar glass, if it's candy glass, as we call okay. it, sugar glass, right. same thing. And it actually used to be made, made out of sugar. So I'm dating myself. Yeah. it Actually, at the very beginning, would be made out of sugar and would actually melt on set. Go figure. Wow. Anyway, so now it's a, now it's a plastic. Okay. So... But very brittle. So we'll put that in and like it'll be cabinets and stuff like that or through a a mullioned window. We'll throw – and that's totally the stunt guy just breaking it. So somebody bangs into it as an actor but it's detonating at the same time. Is that what you mean? um, As a Like if I get thrown into a – if I'm Supergirl and I get thrown into a window. Right. Then we switch Supergirl for her stunt double. Got it. Stunt right? double does her it. Stunt double, and then she gets ratcheted or throw or self propels her. When they ratchet you, they put a wire on your back and they pull you really fast with a, a ram. Anyways, so they pull you towards this window, and then our job as effects guys, if it's a tempered window, is to break that window. But if we do it too early, right, it looks stupid. Got to go. Then again. it breaks before she gets there, and if we do it too late, we could injure her. Yeah. Super, super. Timing is like so important. Timing is super important, but stress. Yeah. (laughs) Like you have to be able to kind of, for me, and it's always, it's all, I'm always nervous a little bit. Well, that's probably a good thing. You want that. And it is a good thing. And I I think. That keeps you on, that keeps you on edge. If I'm not, then I. Keeps you sharp. I don't feel right. Yeah. And I may not, I might even pass the button along. Yeah. Well, because and a lot of people say that is once I don't get that feeling in my gut, whether it's a comedian on stage or someone working in a in a high you know stress field, once I've lost that, I'm dangerous. Right. 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 Keeps you like, keeps you on edge. You, you always have to respect what you're doing. Yeah. So you Especially obviously work you work closely with Simon Burnett. Yes. Stunt coordinator yes. on Supergirl, who I've known since I was a teenager. Oh, really? Yeah, he's we go way awesome. back. And I, I keep trying Simon. to get him on here, but he's not uh What? You know, I'll, I don't know. I'll go back. Work on him, I'll, Kurt. I'll work on him. <laughs> Simon, you gotta come out. Right? Right? We need this other hand. I knew you before I could drive, pretty don't much. Don't let Simon. me explain stunts because I'll get Yeah, it that all you don't want wrong. Kurt doing that. But you guys totally work closely wrong. together, stunts and yes. special effects, stunts obviously. Stunts and effects work. Very it's a marriage on set. And so we'll we'll often uh score or cut through all almost all the way all the stuff they break. So if there's a table made out of balsa, right before we go, we'll cut it all up to make sure it's really thin and then put dust on it. So when they hit it, it's there's a right. big cloud of dust. You get a bit of a the right? dust going on. We call up. it action powder. Nice. Right? <laughs> I love all the names. Bring in the action powder. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your favorite things to do on Supergirl for some of those? Like, what do you enjoy? I'm sure you enjoy it all, but I really, I really, I really like the the pyro pyro end. Of course, you I do. Love 
blowing up stuff. And you know special effects is known for being a bunch of pyromaniacs. Right? But then it's often— Like, whether that's warranted or not, I feel like it's a it's bunch of, like— and few between. Yeah. We don't do that every day. So the bread and butter will be atmosphere, which is smoke in a room. And it'll often, if you don't notice it, then we've done our job. Right. If it looks like a dusty attic with shafts of light through some upper window that grandma's got a bag over her head on. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've overdone it. Then, no, actually, if you pull it off. <laughs> if it's smooth. <laughs> if it's smooth, true. <laughs> if, if the smoke's smooth. But if it's all chunky and kind of blowing through the shot, you kind of... There's wreck. an art to it. There is a full-on art to it. And some people have it and some people It's don't. like they say when it looks, when it, like, if it looks really easy, it's done really well. Right. Right? Right. You make it look easy. And that's the thing. And so our real bread and butter is putting atmospheric smoke in and doing, weirdly enough, wet downs on the ground. Just like, like so, so we get reflections on the concrete and, and stuff. And that's it. So usually at night when you see cars driving, it's always wet. You may not think about it, but it usually is. And why? Because all the lights kick off the ground and it makes it more interesting. Well, and I've seen those big rain trucks, mm-hmm. right? They come through and spray water. Not uh, rain trucks, the, water trucks. The water truck, yeah. yeah. And that's part of our job too. So we'll get on the radio and say, hey, we got to wet this road. Let's make sure we do the sidewalks. And you know what? People won't be able to unsee that now. If you watch films now and look at city blocks and concrete, it's almost always wet. It is. Like 99% of the time. You can't unsee it now. You'll be like, they're right. If they don't do it, it'll be really flat. Or purposeful. There's a reason that they didn't do it, right? Right. Yeah. Like the rain guy called in sick. Or it's super hot out and why is the ground rut and it's daytime. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, you know, we're running out of time. What? I know. We didn't get into anything. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear your Kevin Smith story. Oh, you wanted, Kevin let's, Smith story. Let's come full oh, circle. Kevin because Smith. Kevin Smith, for those of you that don't know, has directed some oh, episodes of Supergirl. I love you, right? Kevin. I love you so much. He drives. I hear he self drives to set. He self drives to set. And for for those of you that don't know what that gifts. means, usually get driven, right? You have the a best driver. Hugs. You get if, a driver. If you're up for that, I, I always hug Kevin Smith. I yeah, like he self drives. That's he's not so common, wonderful. right? He wants. Anyway, to- so he's always got something. He's always got a gift for the crew. He's like whether it's Timbits or whether Buddy Burgers or Veggie Burgers or something. He's got something for the crew, and he and even the cast. He'll give them little tasks and stickers and stuff like that for good performances. He is a well, well liked man on set. Anyways, so here's the story. So I go to Toy Traders and I'd never really been to Toy Traders and it's this mecca. Where is it? It's in Langley. And if you haven't been to Toy Traders, go to Toy Traders. You know what? You could do a radio spot right there for that. All right. Come on down to Toy Traders. We're closer than you think. Oh, I can't use that. No, no. It's not a it's not a car place. Anyways, I'm not going to steal someone else's slogan. Go to Toy Traders; they're awesome. And when I went there, because I was someone told me about it and showed me pictures, and I was, how come I don't know about this place? It's like like model cars and it's like action figures. It's it's comics. It's there's some comics there. There's some really cool stuff there. There's all kinds of cool stuff there. Anyways, it's uh. I'd never been there. So I took my my wife and my two girls there and uh, we go there. And now it's finally reverse roles. Now, instead of me standing outside of Claire's playing like endless amounts of video games on my phone. And for those of you, Claire's is like a little girl's like brats and purses. A place and... not for me. No. <laughs> There's a lot of dads outside There's rolling their eyes. a lot of dads outside rolling their snoozing eyes. Snoozing on the bench at the mall. Exactly. And that's why they put the majority of the benches outside they do. that place. So 
now it's reversed. Now I am in the place that I need a lot of time. And they got a lot of cool stuff to look at. They got memorabilia. They got autographs. They got, like, incredible stuff to look at. Go to Toy Traders. There's your plug. Um, so we're there. And I at the time, The Walking Dead's on. And it's the episode. We had just watched the episode where Negan smashes in. Uh, Glenn's head and his eye pops out of his head, <laughs> right? As I, The Walking Dead does. I'm a gore hound. I love zombies. I love gore. Uh, obviously, I wanted to get into prosthetics. So in the glass case, I see this box set and it's Negan, it's Lucille, the the bat, and it's Glenn with a interchangeable head with the popped out eye. You're, like, you're like, take my money. Limited edition. I'm like, it's, and like, I've made this smear on the window with a happy face, with my face smeared against it. And I'm like staring at this thing. And I call my wife over and I say, oh, did you see this? This is the most incredible thing. I think I found my lineage. Well, maybe I didn't say that because that's a bit far. And she says, we are not buying a doll. A doll. (laughs) Okay. I just heard a groan from every dude, every geek in the world. It's not a doll, ladies. It's, it's not, not a, a doll. doll. Make your man happy. Call it an action figure. Yeah. Call it, because they're full of action. Anyways, she says, we're not buying a doll. So I go with my story, with my tail between my legs, back to Kevin Smith. And I whimper out this little story to him and tell him how I was just shut down from even thinking that I could possibly buy this action figure. And, and... Nothing said of it. So we go on to shoot the episode. Well, we get to the end. I think it was the last day of his episode. And he called me to Video Village. And he says, Kurt, come come to the Video Village. I want to talk to you. So I go there. And he says, hey, hey, remember that? You told me about that uh, action figure, the, the Negan action figure. How much was that? And I go, uh, I think it was like around 80 bucks. Correct me if I'm wrong. Toy Trader is probably worth a lot more. But at least now it's worth a lot more. Yeah, after the story. After this awesome story. And he says, okay, well, here you go. And he pulls out a wad of Toy Trader money and starts counting 20s. Okay, wait, he had Toy Trader money? He had Toy Trader gift certificate money, a stack. So Kevin Smith is well aware of this place. He is well aware. And just as an aside, I don't want to give it away, but Supergirl shoots close to Langley. So it, not far from Toy Traders. And it's and they've got his pop, K-pop dude there. Could almost go at lunch. <laughs> you could go there lots. Go there lots. Check out. There's so much stuff to look at. So he Anyways, gives you this cash. So he starts counting. He gives me 320 bucks in Toy Trader cat, And he says, you go back and you buy that action figure. And you buy anything you want with the rest of that money and tell your wife, Kevin Smith bought it. Oh, my God. Kurt. I love you, Kevin Smith. That's amazing. You know that, though. I tell you that every time I see you. That is an amazing story. It's an amazing story because he's an amazing man. He really is. And then I recanted it at the toy trip, and they were like, we've heard lots of those stories because he apparently was just giving out to— They're probably like, we can, like, make do an expansion thanks to Kevin Smith coming in here and buying stuff. The Kevin Smith section. Yeah, there should be, like, a Kevin Smith area. There should totally be. That's amazing. What a guy. And what a way to end the, the podcast. Like, I, I literally feel end? like we barely scratched the surface. Oh. We're over an hour. Nobody will tune into these things if I go longer than an That's hour, true. I'm told. 
Well, can I come back? You can always come back. Maybe I'll come back. I feel like we we could. You know what? Here's a good idea. I think for Halloween, let's get you back in here Ooh, to do scary. a bunch of gore, special effects, Ooh, talking scary. about. I feel like that would be a good here's idea. A, here's a plug for me. What? On Slither, if you buy the DVD, I'm actually on the behind the scenes. Oh. And it says Kurt Jackson teaches you how to make blood at home. Nice. So you can watch a little pock dock on me making blood. And actually, to be honest, they kind of put me on the spot, so it's not my best blood. So don't blame me. I've, I've made better blood. I've made much better blood <laughs> than that. But the basics are there, and you can learn how to make blood. And, and well, I feel like we can even out. talk people through some of the other gore stuff on a Halloween episode. Oh, there's so much to cover. I love you. There's Thanks for coming. So I, and this Thank is the first time I've met me. you, and I'm Thank really... Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy. Honestly, no, and, it really was. And honestly, I was super nervous, but you made it so easy. Well, you know, I try. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you. If you want to learn more about my podcast, you can go to vantropolispodcast.com, or you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also leave me a review on iTunes, subscribe, or share it with someone you love. Or don't love. Just share it. 